Hej. Hej. <laughs> All right. Supposed to do. We should Yo. Welcome to episode 67, Kate. 67. I don't know if I've ever done anything 67 times. Really? Me ne- I, yeah, me neither. We're in uncharted territory right now. But I feel like we're getting it back. Like, I feel like we hit a fucking holiday hiatus. Hit a, like, get, you know, like had to build the momentum back up. I feel like we're fucking getting it back. I feel like we're firing on all cylinders right now, and I feel like there's a lot to get to in this episode. But before we do, I'd like to welcome the audience to Telefriends. Uh, it's a podcast where we're listening to the messages you leave at 304-518-JAMS. Jams. My name is Bo. I haven't heard any of these calls. Mm-hmm. This is Casey. Hi. He's heard all of them. Everyone. So he's going to fucking... When know. I see everyone, like, there's some I dip out in the middle. <laughs> Speaking of gaining the intensity, speaking of intensity, let's go ahead and just shoot for the fences off the, the, I don't know, call number five. Hello, my precious dudes. (laughs) I just realized that I could call and leave you a message with a nice mic instead of my shitty uh, fucking little phone what i have to put on speaker when i call you guys because i have to like wildly like throw my arms in the air and talk like a like a crazy person and people will see me at work and not know what i'm doing but assume i'm i'm contracting a murder so instead i'm using the nice mic to leave this message and then i can use both hands and i'm in a sound booth so it looks like i'm actually doing work how is so Hey guys, how, how is your call like way more pro than our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also in a sound booth. What is a sound booth? <laughs> I'm in an emotional sound booth. It's well. They will. How are you? I love you both. I'm pretty good. I'm fine. Much. I we I I think I love you too. Mm. Kiss the daughters and wives and everybody. <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, but let's get to it. And speaking of getting, Bo was like, "Yo, call and fucking tell me some shit you don't get." And here's the thing: I am not a fucking genius, but I think I get most things, right? Like with the with the basic, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a little bit of critical thinking and a little bit of follow through and empathy. I think I can understand most things, you know. And, and, and on the surface level, I look at my daughter watching fucking Descendants too, and I'm like, I don't fucking get what you see in this. But then I'm like, wait, I get what is Descendants two? Is that the sequel to the George Clooney Goes to Hawaii movie? With Matthew Lillard? <laughs> I would assume it is. With Skate TV's Matthew Lillard? Mm-hmm. You know, I think about it a little more. I'm like, she's a girl. She's going to be a teenager. You know, it's a scary thing. And, you know, she was princesses when she was young. And now she's getting to this teen thing. And, like, these girls are, like, kind of edgy. And, you know, kind of uh, villains, daughters. And every teenage girl hates their mom. And blah, blah, blah. So it all makes sense, right? I eventually get those things. I mean, even if I don't come at them... It doesn't come to me, like, right away. Ooh, that was that nice mic. I just did a little bit of thinking. I get them. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, get to it. Well, think harder. Think harder. What don't you get 
Gotta do this for fucking Bo and Casey. Gotta stare back down that fucking existential well. And I'm with. He brought this. This is essentially his fault. Like, right? Like, Will sort of brought this up. Mm-hmm. But tell you guys, I started making a list and it fucking got dark real quick. The- and at first it was like fun. It was like, you know, like, why do people think that Jason Alexander is George Costanza instead of the far superior Doug Man? Right? George Costanza is one of the best characters of all time. Of all time. Yeah, Doug Man's fine. He's. I would go as far as great. All the time. Yeah. Right, and we are already starting down that thing. I'm like, what is... Duckman was so much better. What, what is the deal? Yeah, and I'm like, what's wrong. wrong with people? And then I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. You have a kid, you can make the world better. Why? So why can't I find a fucking daycare for my kid that teaches them how to play D&D? Sometimes, like, the <laughs> more darker it gets, the more personal it gets, and I try to bring it up a little bit by being like, I don't get how Stanley Kubrick managed to make Dr. Strangelove, 2001, Clockwork Orange, and Barry Lyndon in like a 10-year time span, and all I've managed to do in 10 years is win a handful of awards about bike videos where dudes rap about popping fucking wheelies. True. Well, not that I'm Stanley Kubrick, but fuck. Well, Stanley wasn't calling podcasts and working at the foot shop. (laughs) He was a little more focused on what he was trying to get done. (laughs) So, so far, what you don't get is that you're not as famous as Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I'm like getting a little more depressed, and it keeps going. And I'm like working on my fucking computer, and I have Siri on my computer now. I don't know why Siri is on my computer <laughs> because it doesn't make my life easier because I still have to click something to ask Siri to do a thing I just could have clicked twice to do. Uh-huh. It's dumb. Ex- I don't get less that. Clicks, but these son. things aren't ultimately the kind of like big question that I'm going to leave for you guys because it did it got darker it's not just as easy as why aren't we cyborgs yet <laughs> which I would like for you guys to answer that but here's the real deal the question is why are you a cyborg yet because you said like first in line <laughs> day one or with like that you got a toaster in your chest <laughs> He's I want to wait till they per- refine this, the process a little <laughs> Yeah, I'm a cyborg now. Want some toast? Do, <laughs> do not put a bagel in there. It will not come out. It's just going to get burnt. I got to go to the doctor. You <laughs> need to get a fork and pull that out. It's very dangerous. It's just like that scene in Iron Man. Except with a bagel. <laughs> exactly. In all earnestness, I finally arrived at a place where things aren't as funny anymore. I'm sorry, but I would like both. You've been there a while. <laughs> your answers, and maybe your answer will be funnier, and we can all go to bed and sleep a little bit easier. You know, I think about people like my boss, or like anyone who just doesn't have to worry about money. You know, worry about, and it's not just money, it's just because your basic needs are taken care of. When you make that much money, you don't have to worry about where you're going to live, you don't worry about your food's going to come from, you don't really have to worry about sex, because... You know, fucking money's an aphrodisiac, I guess. Uh, I've never jerked off into a pile of money, but I assume it's awesome. Uh, so, uh. Um, Nichols camp? All this. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> things are covered, and if you have all these things and you don't have to worry about money, why not do something bigger and more? Right? Mm-hmm. I think of Howard Hughes and, like, what a fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm genius asshole he was and maybe you know he died in squander and in craziness and whatever but you know for a while he was like producing movies and making planes and doing whatever else yeah. I mean Elon Musk is kind of there but Musk I mean fuck you know 
My dude Quincy Jones said it best when he was like, Elon Musk keeps trying to make me to go to Bernie, man. No, thank you. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I feel like that his stuff's just like nerd revenge. So huh. why don't people with more power and more opportunity and whatever do something bigger? And again, I know there's a lot of philanthropic efforts out there. I know we just put a car in space and whatever else. But can't we just like, I don't know. Why can't we why can't we be cyborgs? Why can't we beat death? Why can't we do these things? Why do those with the resources to do it often subvert those resources to the basic shit, going on safaris, buying planes, you know, nonsense? I don't get that. That's the shit I don't get. Tell me about it. Sounds fun. I love you. Goodbye. I love you too, Will. Okay. Lots to unpack here. So what Will doesn't understand is class dynamics. I guess, yeah. <laughs> How to be a rich person, you have to keep being a rich person. That's yeah. Then it, it, there's also the generational transfer of property and wealth that figure in there, um, and you know a responsibility that people feel to their families and their descendants, uh, their descendants too, if you will. There are plenty of people who are financially stable who are doing interesting, cool stuff. Drake, for instance, like your favorite rapper, Drake. <laughs> Um, because Drake just gave him away a million dollars in a video that we watched right before we started recording this thing and talked about how weirdly, uh, what a weird taste it left in our mouth because it seemed like more about Drake giving away money than the, than, than the, mm-hmm. than the, the, the circumstances of the people receiving the money, which is not to take anything away from giving away a million dollars. Totally dope. Like, like I wanted you to feel something when you see somebody sitting, looking sad. Yeah. And then being ex- surprised to see drake then excited to be handed money which is like okay yeah. that yeah. could be anybody it could yeah the only person who was up anything in that was drake that's there's yeah if again if there had been like a, that could have been, been like you know i'm really bummed my dog fighting ring fell apart <laughs> is what he's saying and then drake's like whoa drake's here here's money for your dog fighting yes thanks Ugh. that story's a lot less touching that's the thing is like if it, if we had been watching like if if it was a if it was a even a 15 minute documentary that culminated in the 5 minute music video but if you told me I want to sit down and watch a 15 minute video about Drake giving away a million dollars I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah, fair enough. I think I I mean and it was also like the idea was like I tricked the label just paying for this video you know. Right. Which it's like okay. Drake Okay, Drake. <laughs> Why don't you just write that check? <laughs> would that be a cooler idea? Where like I took my money? Yeah, that would be cooler. It's like you're you're not hard up, Drake. This isn't like like maybe it was like the first video we've ever saw from Drake. Right. Then that would be a thing. Like yeah, I don't give a fuck. You know. There's. Uh, 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 I would. I'm. When it comes to cyborgs, though, I think I'm on Team William Gibson, which is. So just no, no, that we've been cyborgs for a long time now. <gasps> um, anybody with a smartphone is a functionally a takes nice to self and chest. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> you just <laughs> said that in internet typing language. <laughs> just to be clear, your argument for I'm not a cyborg was I said this out loud like I would in the chat room. Um, Fucking, yeah, I think we're already cyborgs. I think we're already, I think, like, fucking Wikipedia is outboard memory for people and shit. Like, um, 
I think that, I mean, there's like guys like, you know, like there's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. There's Warren Buffett's commitments to dying broke. There's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What there's not anymore is tremendous, a focus on big projects and big public works. Well, and it's not <laughs> That's a like an advertised scene thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taken a musky years to get this kind of attention. He's been doing dumb shit for a while. And he's basically just a hype machine, right? Like, what does he really do? He puts his money behind interesting things. And yeah, for sure. But then he doesn't always super deliver on the those things, right? That's yeah, not the point. The, the point right. is getting conversations about <laughs> scientific things, I think. Totally. Like, I don't think he's trying to make a buck off all of it. I mean, he, not yet, anyways. Right. So he's playing a long game where he's like, I can't, I mean... But I think there's plenty of people with plenty of money who are doing, not thinking about the things that, like Will said, that I guess rich people don't have to worry about as much. Right. Who are doing things like, you know, living a life where you don't have to worry about those things and free yourself to think about greater things. Isn't that just a noble thing as putting a fucking car in space? Yeah, I think it's... Like having a life of... That's not just of leisure, but of thought and of reflection and consideration. I don't think that you can live in the world, right? And have that kind of money that we're talking about. Like like millions and billions of dollars money, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think you can live in the world and have that kind of money. In, like... Like in the world that we live in today, that is, like is is marked by fucking economic disparity and like super giant differences between how classes function and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't think you can live in this world today and not convince yourself that you're entitled to that money and that you deserve it in a way that the people who don't have it are not entitled to it. I think that you have to. I think you have to buy into the to the idea that you are entitled to and deserve this shit whereas other people do not because they didn't work as hard or their grandfathers didn't work as hard or they didn't take advantage of the fucking opportunities they had or whatever the fuck justification it is that you lay out for yourself that's really just to help you sleep while people fucking go hungry you know i don't know if that's true i think that's uh i'm not talking about just like yo you worked hard and like fucking now you have a like dope house and like can buy groceries and shit i'm talking about like you fucking are like private jet status like oh to get that level you have to be kind of a monster I just, I don't know if you have to be a monster to get there or you become a monster once you're there. But there's some monstrosity going down. <laughs> Will one time said one of the, the like, uh, I think most telling and um, astute observations about uh, the, our, the culture in which we live, which is he's... Why can't I put things in my butt that comes out my mouth? <laughs> I heard him say that before. <laughs> I wasn't that impressed. <laughs> If I can put things in my mouth and comes out my butt, why can't I put things in my butt and comes out my mouth? I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it does he, make sense. He doesn't stop trying, though. <laughs> Bless his heart. No, he said one time, he said, uh, the worst thing, I think he might have said this on one of the episodes he co-hosted, uh, where he's like, the worst thing that can happen to you is for you to become a little bit famous. And because like then you're like spending the rest of your life fucking chasing, chasing that, that dragon, yeah. yeah. And so I think that's that's the same sort of thing with being rich, right? Like you jealously guard your richness. Yeah, especially if you like don't come from that. Like, yeah, who wants to be fucking poor again? That sounds like a bummer. It does sound like a bummer. 
cool comedy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Uh, Keep at it, Will. I'm sure you'll uh, make a movie. What does he want to (laughs) do? He wants to be a robot. A robot Stanley Kubrick? Man. Pick a lane first. (laughs) Don't do both at the same time. That movie exists. It's called AI, right? Wasn't that AI? Shove a camera into his chest. Which is the one that Spielberg did that Kubrick started? That was AI. And the, tell me about AI. Is that the one with Haley Joel? Aye! <laughs> yeah, Haley Joel and uh, Jude Law. Whoa. Jude Law's been around for like a minute. Yeah. He always like still kind of seems like a new Jack on the scene. New Jack. But he's been around for like 20 years. Uh, yeah, AI's good. Uh, it, it gets a rough time for people. The movie? Yeah. Huh. I liked it. Okay. Okay, I'll give it. And like, there's people like, oh, there's the in, there's the Kubrick ending, then there's the Spielberg ending, and because of shit. I would prefer a Kubrick ending, right? Which one did you prefer? I like the movie as it is. You know how is how what? I mean, it clearly ends in the. uh, They say that Spielberg changed the ending and added stuff to the end to give it a brighter ending. Had principal photography started on it? Is he? No, it's just it was a script. Okay. Because they do not have similar style. I was reading a thing about how Spielberg was like basically the Michael Bay of his. Yeah, for sure. And he's like an arrogant asshole that no one liked. <laughs> like there's this fil- footage of him uh, watching the Oscar nominations come out the year Jaws came out, and he's like, "We're probably gonna run the board." <laughs> <laughs> like feeling kind of a dick about it. Whoa. Yeah. Did he? No. He got nominated for Best Picture. But. The thing about him is, like, the difference between Spielberg and Bay, though, is early Spielberg's got the goods, man. Like, you can see it. Like, I remember watching the, I think I've talked about this, but I remember watching the fucking pilot episode of Columbo being like, why is this so fucking captivating? <laughs> Holy shit. And then it's because it's directed by Steven Spielberg. It's so good. There's a lot of people that went into making that episode of Columbo very good. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Case. Yeah. Where are we going from here? Oh, I thought you had like a thing you were going to do there. I don't. Plate Watch. Oh, shit. Here at Telefriends, we don't only take your voicemails, we also take your text messages. True indeed. And Three that seems five. to be the go-to. 518. Jams. Jams. Okay. Go to... Uh, People are soaking a place for for plate watch. Makes sense. They like to send send us pictures of plates for suggestions for plates. Talking about vanity license plates. Yeah, plate watch. Plate watch twenty eighteen. Hashtag plate watch. Mm -hmm. You can get a telefriends plate that uses letters to abbreviate "see you in the toilet." (laughs) C U N T L E T. What could go wrong? I think that's a suggestion for you, buddy. Oh, shit. There's a picture of a some kind of large Jeep. Uh-huh. And it has the plate says seven slots. And this person wants to know. What does that mean? What are the seven slots, Bo? What does that mean, dude? Right? Seven slots. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, dude? Right? What, if, what would you have seven slots for? Seven slots? 
seven, the number seven slots. Maybe he's like like USB HDMI ports. Like, what are we talking about here? Is this a thing from video games? Seven slots. Seven slots. I got seven slots on my new laptop. <laughs> um, seven slots. I don't know what the fuck that person's talking about. It sounds gross. Yeah, there's no way it's not. Pro- it's let's just assume it's disgusting. <laughs> Done. <laughs> uh, this person I, says I tried to PG thirteen that thing, but it's just fucking gross sounding. Yeah, yeah. This person says Pixies best band ever. No. When's the last time you listened to Come On Pilgrim or Bossa Nova all the way through? <sighs> Big drums, guitar hooks, and good fuzz. Frank Black screaming with Kim Deal's silky smooth backing vocals as the perfect contrast. Okay. I just love them so much. Do you all have favorites? Jam in. I could choose any here, but let's go with the holiday song. Shit. Are they the best band ever? They're a pretty great band. Toads. There's that meme going around the internet. Have you seen? It's one of those things like in a school newspaper or a yearbook where like a picture of a student and like quotes from on the side where they get asked questions or whatever on campus. <laughs> and one of them's like... I really like the Pixies. My gran- it reminds me of my grandparents because I used to listen to them all the time. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and you're like 16. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Do you have a jam out for this? No, man. You're the jam master. Yeah, I know, but I want you to pick out a fucking car seat headrest jammer or a fucking... Uh, new Howdy. Mm, there's a new Carsey headrest too. That's what, yeah. Mm. Do you have a jam off the new one? Let's. I got it pulled up right now. I haven't listened to it too much. Let's try the second song Beach Life and Death. Nice. I said I'd go to Hoppersville and I thought about you There were signs on the roads that warned me to stop signs I think the person who likes Pixies would like this Yeah Although this song is 13 minutes long Yeah, there's a lot of that going on in this album Yeah, there's a 16 minute joint So this is an album that he redid that came out years ago. Okay. That's, did you redo the whole he's thing? He's done that twice now. It's so weird. That's a weird instinct. Yeah. What's the deal? So it's weird. So it doesn't feel like a total progression from the last album. Right. But it's still super interesting. So what's up with them and Smash Mouth? Uh, they both covered each other's songs. Is it good? I heard the Smash Mouth Smash Smash version of their song, mm-hmm. and it was pretty bad. It was a song I like. What is the? I wonder what song that they did. What Carsey Headrest did? It was, I had never heard of it. Hmm. 
Yeah, this isn't the album I would like suggest people get into with them. But it's it's good. Yeah, Car Seat Headrest is good, dude. I don't know who the greatest band is of all time. That was a good text. That, that's, that was, I think, our first text jam in. For sure. All right. So before... <laughs> You can take the wheel. Well, I don't have to fucking... I don't know what comes next. But you do, because before I got here today, you recorded a special segment. Shit. Yes, I did. So there's a new... Are we going to call it a new segment? It's the first time we've ever done it. It's a new uh, segment. We do it, if we do it again, If we do it again, then... It, all right. uh, it's called Three Questions. Um, he asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. One, 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 two, three. One, 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 two, three. <laughs> yeah so yeah i we uh i we, i uh interviewed uh fucking burgeoning film talent movie star keith polson star of such films as i mean he's just like in shit that's cool like recently he's in um this thing that if you haven't seen it fucking watch it immediately i'll put a link to it on the on on something that we put out but um it's this thing called uh, Snowy Bing Bongs Across the North Star Combat Zone. Love the title. Yeah. <laughs> it's by the <laughs> it's by the Cocoon Central Dance Team. It's the weirdest piece. It's like it's the It's like holy shit, somebody's making crazy long form surrealist fucking uh, movie film shit. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like and Keith Bolson popped up and I was like, "Man, that dude's everywhere these days." He's also in uh in uh Dash Shaw's uh, animated debut uh, My Entire High School Sinking Into the Sea mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff we talk about it um, so yeah we asked Keith Paulson three questions and he answers the shits <laughs> hello hey Keith can you hear me I can hear you how you doing I'm great this is Bo hey Bo <laughs> so okay <laughs> how's, how's, first of all how, how are you uh, I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? I I'm also I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm like I don't know. I got like two and a half hours sleep maybe last night. So I'm like is is that pretty normal these days? <sighs> yeah, it's pretty par for the course, man. But wow, but, you know, hopefully she's coming around. So I don't yeah. Know. How are wow. things going with you? So okay, so this is a three question thing, and that's sort of my first question is that like the last time I saw Keith. Polson, international movie yeah. star. Uh, uh-huh. Like, you were like, "Hey, man, I gotta quit this job at the video store so I can play bass in the band that was in uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist." And also, that's already <laughs> happened. So, I'm gonna like capitalize on their new, their nascent fame <laughs> from appearing in, in that uh, in, in that Michael Sarah vehicle. Um, yeah. And then now, and then cut to I was just watching uh, Snowy Bing Bongs on the YouTube's, and I was like, that's fucking my homeboy Keith Paulson doing accent yeah. work in the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, like, I, yeah. I guess that's my question: is how, how did it go from there, from one, from from A to B? Um. Honestly, just through friends. Is it like I like when people kind of ask me about sort of any kind of trajectory. It's mostly like uh, I did a movie in Austin where the guy from Bishop Allen was acting with me. 
So I was already starting to kind of act in Austin, and then I was doing music stuff in Austin, but like everything very non-professionally, like no money-centric uh, <laughs> vibe to any of it, which it still kind of is. So it's basically like the, joining that band made it to where uh, I got to tour for a couple of years, and then right as the tour was ending, my cousin needed somebody to sublet his apartment in New York. Awesome. And so that's how I moved to New York, was I got a, a sublet of a sublet of a rent-controlled apartment. That's a sweet and then, uh, and then I started just continuing to work on movies with friends here, and then I guess it just sort of went from like maybe doing one or two a year to maybe three a year to four a year, and then so last year it was maybe like seven. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's been like a very there's not been a real like sort of um, uh, trajectory that I was trying to follow that I successfully you know I, I nailed it. Um, it's all been sort of. <laughs> Bouncing along, honestly, like bouncing along kind of not too far away vibe-wise from whenever uh, I was just working with you at the video store. I'm still working odd jobs. I mean, like right now I'm working at a at a law firm. I'm talking to you right now at my job. Um, awesome. But I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question how the, the, these things happen, but they're really just sort of like once every few months my friend would be like, hey, I might do this thing in a little bit. Do you want to help out? I'm like, sure. And then that's the thing that you will then see on YouTube one day. <laughs> and it, and then as far as like the accent work goes, uh, they told me I had an accent like two minutes before we started shooting that scene. I did not know. <laughs> so there's not actually any work. Uh, that's why it's a little bit vague. Like I like Australian people tell me it's a pretty good British accent, and British <laughs> people tell me it's a pretty good Australian accent. That thing um, is that so thing's on that thing's an, that thing's an incredible project to be involved in. Yeah. So those are just my friends, um, Cocoon Central Dance Team. Um, I've worked with. Well, I'd worked with two of them before. So Sunisa, I had not worked with before. I, well, we were, I think she was in another friend's project as well, but we didn't have scenes together. I'd worked with Tally and Eleanor, the other two awesome. in the team. So that was fun for me to go then, like, sort of complete the trifecta of working with Sunisa as well. Um, but, yeah, again, those are just, like, you know, uh, it was co-directed by uh, this guy, Alex, and this girl, Rachel. And Rachel had produced a movie that a friend I had worked on with. Um, so, yeah, it's all just like really sort of small world friend stuff for the most part. So, okay. So you got to work with like a personal hero of mine in, uh, in, in Dash Shaw. And, um, yeah, it was cause you, you play, you played, uh, what your, your senior Craig. Is that right? That sounds, that sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds right. In, uh, I, mean, I don't think it's like said in the movie, but I think that's what the script said, maybe. And uh, yeah, so th- that was in my entire high school sinking into the sea. Uh, can you tell me that movie doesn't like between that and snowy bing bongs? You're, I don't know. It seems like you're in, in stuff that doesn't look or feel like anything else. Um, yeah. But can you tell me about the experience of working on, on, on uh, entire high school singing into the sea? That thing is, that's a, that's a unique thing. Yeah. Um, I had never really met Dash before, and, but, but he has um, a, a couple of the producers. Again, a lot of it's just like sort of small friend world stuff, but like um, I think it came through his producer, Kyle, this guy Kyle Martin, who's married to my friend Katie, who like produces a lot of the, uh, several of the movies I've worked on. So, they were just basically, you know, for a long time making this animated movie and bringing people to do voices. So I think uh, Dash, having been mostly, you know, uh, working on his own um, and not having to cast people uh, before this, really, um, I think he relied a lot on the producers of just like knowing sort of different actors in New York <laughs> right. that could kind of like pop, pop, 
pop in. So it was one of those things where they kind of like, um, you know, I just got an email from the producer and said, and I, you know, I was familiar with Dash's work. Um, and then, so I was very excited to do it. But then it was one of those things where it's like, all right, you might be like either this character or this character or this character. So just coming. And so then I like went in and I read like a couple characters that even I knew like I was doing a bad, like I was doing a bad job. <laughs> I was not, I was not right for it. Cause like they didn't, you know, he didn't know me. You know, you see, it's one of those things where you can in your head hear a character's voice and the person comes in and it's just the wrong voice for it. Right. So he's very nice about it. He didn't say it. But this is just my own sort of assumptions that like I just was not the right voices for a couple that initially I tried. So then they had this uh, other part with these like two seniors together, and so that was kind of fun because he brought me in um, a second time. Each you know, so each time I was there, I was like you know for like forty five minutes. So altogether, I was like in the studio for maybe an hour and a half total between two sessions. So it was very quick. Um, and you know, uh, again, it was just one of those things where it was like uh, Dash was just very. Uh, it's one of the things where it was interesting to watch somebody kind of direct who knew the material so well, but maybe had never directed before. And then even between the first and the second time I was there, he was like clearly had like worked with a bunch of other people doing different voices to where he was getting much more sort of direct and like yeah. kind of like quick about how. Because that's the thing is like when you have a movie that's got like a you know it's set at a high school, there's a bunch of voices coming in. That's like a separate session for every one of those voices coming in. Okay. So that's where you have to get like crazy, yeah. kind of like just like expedite everything and be really quick about it um and then yeah i've seen dash a couple times since then he moved back to virginia so I, I used to sometimes see him in the train and stuff in new york but um he also now has a baby oh, and well, uh so congratulations yeah, he, he moved to back dash to virginia <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so it's like okay th this is this is not question three but like if you're doing vocal yeah. like doing recording voiceover stuff like that do you like yeah if you're not the first person, like, do you hear the other sessions so that you can um, react organically? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so for that one, the first couple times I did it, like, Dash would just do the other mm -hmm. voices. Yeah. Um, but which was fine, but I could just tell it's again, it's like whenever, like, any kind of director is acting in a scene, it's kind of hard to figure out, uh, you know, if I should follow their lead or if they're listening more. But, but then the second time when, so in the movie, um, the guy who I'm acting with is an actor named Matt Marr, I think it's how you say last name, who was like in the play The Flick, which is like a really popular New York play a couple of years ago. And he's like, a, you'd recognize him. He's an actor who's doing a lot of stuff. Right. So the cool thing was that was that was easy because one, uh, there was somebody who was like, we were supposed to be like kind of a, like a Beavis and Butthead style duo. So to actually like act with that guy made it very easy and also we were allowed to kind of riff a little bit be a little bit more improvising but in general i haven't really i mean like as you can hear now i'm not really known for my like my voice <laughs> but like one of my strengths in life um so i haven't had like a ton of like vocal stuff i've done i've done a couple of voices for like friends little projects and i've had to do a little bit of adr I once I went out for like an audition for like a voiceover for a commercial, which was really bad. Um, because like what I realized is like a lot of things like kind of coming up here and and acting and doing stuff is I learned that things uh, a lot of things are like a real skill set that you don't you don't even think about like if I watch like a bad sitcom, I don't actually think about how good the people are in it because it's right, such a right, weird right. style of acting. Yeah. Similarly, like I, I went out to like a voiceover audition where they were like, "All right, this is supposed to be like your guy at like a music festival, just like a total normal bro." 
just like chilling, but like, <laughs> and now here's here's your lines. And then the lines are like, you know, sometimes in life you have to make a decision whether it's going to be you or it's going to be them. And somehow it's got to be all of us because we're all here. And it's just going to think where it's like, how could I ever make that sound natural? Yeah, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, I think in general, like, voiceover stuff's not my strength. But if I'm doing it with somebody else, you can just kind of, like, imagine that there's, like, a camera there and it's just like you're doing a movie. I don't know. That makes sense. So, okay, qu- there's there's really two question threes. Um <clears throat> The first mm-hmm. question three uh, is serves Keith Polson, which is, uh, you know, uh, what you know, what's next for Keith Polson? Like, uh, if you want to like mm. plug a thing or advertise a thing, uh, you know, or you know how how the how the world can gently stalk Keith Polson. Um, yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, next, I have a few friends. Like, uh, there's a guy Alex Ross Perry who I've worked with for the last. Uh, like seven and a half years um, and so he's gearing up to make a movie in April that I'll be helping out on and acting a little bit in I uh, did a handful of things last year that are going to be playing some festival circuit stuff so there's a movie I did if anyone's at the Berlin Film Festival this week <laughs> uh, they should check it out I'll notes on an appearance uh, I may be going to Russia in a couple weeks if my visa goes through to, um, to go so if anyone's in Eastern Siberia or Western Siberia, come check it out. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have too much in the way of like plugging. Most of the stuff I work on, you know, uh, it's small festival world, and then it ends up having varying lives depending <laughs> if like Netflix accepts it or if they don't. Kind of right, thing right, I've right. realized. Um, so I think on Netflix, there's a movie I did called Little Sister, which I think is still up, which people could check out. Um, so- and then just straight up check my IMDb all the time. Just check it. <laughs> um, uh, no, but in general, I'd say also, like, um, uh, I'm not going to give my email address on, on here or anything, but, like, uh, find me online find me online, and send me a nice message. I don't know. All right. I, yeah, I, I would like to say, as a, as, a, as a former coworker of yours, I'm, I'm very proud of, of what you've been doing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, dude. The real question three is this. <clears throat> yeah. If you were going to recast Smokey and the Bandit, like if you were going to do a remake of Smokey and the Bandit, who would you recast in the Burt Reynolds role as the Bandit? Um, I don't know. There's not many people I think are fun. Um, I mean, I guess like the sort of obvious fun would be like Danny McBride type thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think like if you're going to do it, it's like going to be like so easy to compare to the original. And that might be like two in the same wheelhouse. So, right, right, right. Good question. I actually like had never seen it all. I mean, I'd watched it like on TV in a bit, but like a couple years ago, I was out in LA and I watched it at the New Beverly Theater, and it was really fun. So that's the thing is like actually like that's like it's I'm always bad at most kind. Of, it's a really fun movie, and so I don't like when I think about like movies these days. The unfortunate thing is like there's a lot of I'm sure good actors, but it's not a time where I even know who's the fun like who the, who would really just like sink their teeth into it because like. I don't know. We just bring Burt Reynolds back, I guess. You might I don't to, know. You might have to step in there and do it yourself, Keith. I would be awful at it. That'd be great. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for appearing on, appearing on Telefriends. Uh, please. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. Call call back anytime you want to. Uh, you know, front of the line. All right. Colleges, as always. This West uh, Virginia number is this what I call back? Yeah, three zero four five one eight jams is is our number. <laughs> cool. Um, awesome. And hopefully I'll come down to Texas. And if I do, I'll let you know that I'm down there. Uh, please, man. Holler at me. I will. And, uh, thanks again so much.
and uh, have have a fantastic Absolutely. rest of your day. All right, bye. All right, bye. Get back to work. Okay. And we're back. That was Keith Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks, Keith, for being on the show. Uh, we had, we 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 had a caller who's who had uh, a bone to pick with some of our <sighs> opinions expressed in prior episodes. Okay. With uh, call number four. Hey, it's Heather, dude. It's Lydia. Hi. Well, I guess I'm on the crap watch. <laughs> One of the things I find so hilarious about you guys is your opinions. <laughs> so how weird they are and how totally incongruous they are. It's like, it's like going back on a switchback road, flying down with a like James Bond himself, the way you guys, like, take this <laughs> iconic restaurant, the Waffle House, and, you know, proclaim it to be a disgusting butt squirter or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is cracking me up, I'm sorry. And then, literally... Were we talking about Waffle House in general or just the one with a D health code? I think we... We were probably less than kind, but we were specifically unkind to the, to the deed level. Yeah. Ten seconds later, start singing the praises of Taco Bell. Like, <laughs> that, the cool. most horriblest place. I'll give you an example. Um, you know, when you're sitting there at the Waffle House, and as you were smoking your cig, when you're you'd be pretty first. sure that what you're doing... <laughs> getting there is a rehydrated shredded potato okay. with um, some like onions if you're getting scattered some other covered which is what I do um, some onions going to be sauteed and it's going to be flipped over mixed in there and then they're going to like casual knowledge of the menu and your offhanded way to throw it off show, shows your bias a little put a slice Taller. of cheese on top you got your scattered, smothered, and covered. Yeah, man. When you get some kind of fucking beef burrito from Taco Bell, what beef bur- is Excuse the- me, beef burrito? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to Taco Bell just wants a beef burrito and that's it? What is this, amateur hour at Taco yeah. Bell? Fuck out of here. It's a fucking rainbow of choices. <laughs> that has a different one every other week. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Cutting edge. This one. Yeah, man. Burt's Chili's been the same since fucking scattered this. That shit, chemicals only. Chemicals in the sauce. Oh. What the? the all it's natural. Also- As opposed to fucking the all natural selections at fucking Waffle House. I'm baking disgusting. Can't even believe it. The person who called in with her awesome recipes, I think it was Molly. Molly, please call back in and try to steer these guys away from their ideas that what they're eating is healthy and give them some whoa, actual whoa, health. Whoa, whoa, I don't think anyone here is no. proclaiming the healthy option of Taco Bell. We don't over suffer anywhere. under the delusion that it's good for you to go to Taco Bell. And you know what? Also, Taco Bell, I guess we the drive through. My interaction is maybe 30 seconds. Yeah, in and out. Waffle House, I sit down and they bring things to me. Yeah, man. And I'm expected to tip. It's like, uh, there needs to be a quality jump that does not exist between the two. I'm surrounded by drunks. Yeah. The fucking ceiling is literally painted a 
shade of yellow that is called nicotine. I'm having C minus pancakes. Is that what a waffle is to you? I mean, it's an option with the waffle house. You just get pancakes. Can you? I don't go to Waffle House. There's an international house of pancakes. <laughs> There's a lot of people doing a lot of things in the world. I like the I like setting up Waffle House as though it's like the fucking healthy alternative to Taco Bell. That's ludicrous. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, this chocolate pie has been sitting here for a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth my time to go sit down at mm-hmm. <sighs> park and get out and go into. Yeah, but I, and then I, we got Baja Blast. Fuck a Waffle House. <laughs> I fuck with Waffle Do House. Do they have a signature? Do? Hmm. No, I'm sure they have somebody's name on a on a on a on a sweet tea or some shit. Um. They also have a. I will say this about the Waffle House: they do have a pretty pretty slamming jukebox. I don't live a life where I feel like I want to be subjected to the musical whims of strangers. <laughs> the same reason no one should listen to the their phone or without headphones on. That person's a monster. Yeah, it's just that's just a portable jukebox where. Okay. Hmm. Anti jukebox. Food ideas for Gutsink because you guys are comparing like a place that's like a two on food quality for both of them and like a two on cleanliness as far as like <laughs> cleanliness ratings go. Oh man, everything about that cracked me up. And uh, yeah, you guys should uh, fucking eat more kale or whatever. <laughs> they got kale at Waffle House now? Is it that shit? Oh, because they sit a lemon on it when you get some fucking... I don't know when Big Waffle House... When Waffle House started sending you checks color. <laughs> but congratulations, that's awesome. But let them know we're here and I'll, gl- I'll eat Waffle House every day. Yeah, except for my fourth meal. That's Taco Bell. I won't be there. I'll be at Taco Bell. Every time. I don't have that fucking time to go to a Waffle House. Who has time to go to Waffle House? Well, I really want to have a... Subpar meal. Might as well go I spend sit it down 45 spend minutes at Waffle House. 45 minutes is, like, generous. Like, if I want to spend an hour at a restaurant, don't I want to go somewhere that's not fucking Waffle House? You know what happens if Taco Bell's, like, truly terrible when I get it? And you just throw it in the trash. Yeah, it costs me 75 cents. It took me two <laughs> minutes. <laughs> you live like you can fucking throw can, a football. I can throw my taco back at them from my house. <laughs> I live in a dumpster behind a taco bell. <laughs> See you later. Can't wait to hear the next next installment of Crap Watches. Okay, bye. It's crap Watch is what she was called? Been a lot of things that it was called. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for your call. You're wrong. Waffle House has never inspired anything in me. Except I, wondering what I'm doing here. I've had a lot of good times at Waffle House in my life. Don't get it twisted. I just, like, at this stage in the game... You're right. Like, if I'm gonna go to a restaurant, I won't go to a, f- a restaurant ass restaurant. Yeah, or even a good diner. But not even. But yeah, just because. just because the investment of time. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm driving through at Taco Bell. That's the first rule of Taco Bell. Do not go inside. I've never sat down at a Waffle House, had 
took a bite of and go, damn, that's good. <laughs> I've done that with Taco Bell. I've done that at Waffle House for sure. No way. Yeah. It can always be found better. Hmm. Um, you remember that time that we went into a taco? Is this is this what I'm not supposed to be doing? Telling you about the time that we went to that Taco Bell and that dude was like sat down with us and he was like fucking worked at Taco Bell and I was like, <laughs> this is why you never fucking go to Taco Bell because now I got to talk yeah, about we... caramel apple empanadas with the fucking yeah. Dude. How much we have to try them? <sighs> it's like I'm already sitting down, man. My, on, my choices dog. have been made. <laughs> Please leave me alone. And the dessert <laughs> menu at Taco Bell is never a go-to. It might be a win. I fuck with a caramel apple empanada. Get stuffed. It's stuffed with caramel and apples. I'm, re- <laughs> I'm ready for whatever happens next, Casey. You fucking call the tune. Can I, can I ask you a question? Hmm. If you could install any fantastically like rich person item in your home, mm-hmm. what would it be? You clearly have something in mind. Oh, I would be a panic room for sure. Really? Oh my god, yeah. No thanks. I would sleep in a panic room every night, dude. I would love a panic room. I'm not that worried about people. Man. Like a a really nice ceiling fan? Yeah, that would be good. Like really... The big fat blades. (laughs) One of them fat bladed fans. Ooh, watch that baby spin. (laughs) I and my... High on the hog. That's my fat bladed fan. This is this is really living. This is living. I put it in my bedroom so other people couldn't see it. <laughs> you don't want them soaking up the blades. This is my one thing. Uh, I drew like a clown, like at an amusement park thing. And there's splats where people miss shooting at it with a cannon. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know I was drawing that until it happened. That dude showed up in my house. Panic Room City. I have a soundboard right now. I've seen Panic Room. It doesn't go well. Yeah. I have a sound. Uh, I have a soundboard set up right now. This is one of the things that I can just trigger at any time. Oh no! I'm so bad at this. Why am I so bad at this? <laughs> <laughs> so there was a connection between the last call. And the next one? The next one. All right. That we've put a nice, healthy canyon of <laughs> divergence under. Uh, here's here's some food tips for us. Okay. Call number two. Hey there, TF. Hey. This is KK. KK. Uh, calling in with KK's quick cooking tips. <laughs> Do you think he spells that K-W-I-C-K-K-O-O? Okay. KK QCT uh, Today's <laughs> He does it the other way apparently <laughs> Quick cooking tip is If you peel a mandarin orange huh. And then kind of just leave it out I believe it's called a mandarin orange <laughs> It is on this show Out in the open air for around four hours When you finally bite into it It has developed a pretty nice Crispy skin Ooh. Much like the desiccated corpse of a frog or something. At first... Huh. Huh. First, the texture will make you gag, but yeah. it's oddly addicting. That is all. KK. QCT. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, KK. Uh, that sounds super gross. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm never going to try that. You wouldn't try it for the sake no. of the show? No. If you showed up next week. With a sack full of crusty oranges. No, and I had, here, I have a Mandarian for you prepared, a, a per KK's instructions. That tastes like a desiccated rat? It's a frog. Frog? Yeah. No. You wouldn't take it, just a... No, I don't need to eat gross shit. <laughs> Stay the fuck out of Waffle House. <laughs> That's been Telefriends this week. Yo, thanks for listening. Waffle House on blast 24-7. <laughs> Get out of Waffle closed. House. Our hate is, is your hours. Oh, man. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Um, thanks to Taku for the use of our theme song, Supposed to Do, off the album. Do what you love. I did that wrong, and I'm sorry. Um, yo, give us a call. We're at 304-518-JAMS. Jams. And thanks to Keith Paulson for calling in and fucking having three questions with the telefriends. Thanks, that's Keith. Dope. And uh, what else? What else we tell these people on the way out? I think that's it. I think we'll just... Find us on the socials? Yeah, everybody knows that shit exists. Rate, review, subscribe? Yeah, if they got the time. Uh, see you next week for episode 68. We're one away. Nice. All right. See you in the toilet.